0: Welcome to RevSpot. I'm your host, Tanner Green, and each week we're going to be diving into the life and mind of HubSpot's premier players, the Solutions Partners. This podcast is specifically about hearing their experiences, opinions, and ideas about how RevOps and AI are shaping the future. If you're a Solutions Partner or working with one, you're in the right place. So tune in and learn about how they innovate and approach frameworks, processes, and automations in the HubSpot CRM in order to create the true RevOps flywheel. All right, everyone, welcome to the podcast with Mr. Brian Beiler. We are super excited to have him on. This guy is a is a rock solid stud in more the ways than one. He's very very strong, very handsome, just the man, the absolute man. We love having him on. Um, Brian, thanks for coming on the show. Just to start us off, let's ha- hear a little background about yourself.
1: Yeah, no, thanks, Tanner. Happy to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, a little bit about myself. I'm currently the Chief Operating Officer at App Two Eight. Uh, we're an Elite Housebot Partner. Uh, specialized in, in technical HubSpot consulting, implementations, migrations, uh, and optimization of HubSpot. Those kind of things. Uh, former HubSpotter myself. I worked on the principal onboarding team there with some lovely people. Uh, been on the partner side of things about three years now. Um, prior to that, you know, most of my career has been in professional services uh, consulting. Uh, you know, was a road warrior for many years. Uh, but my uh, my specialty and what I enjoy most is just scaling PS organizations. Uh, I've got a background in organizational development and OD consulting uh, and that's kind of what I enjoy doing but um, I'm not when I'm not uh, piloting the rocket ship uh, you know uh, <laughs> I enjoy getting outdoors as much as possible uh, I'm an amateur rock climber so I like to get on, get on the wall and uh, you know love to build Legos with my sons wow. that's, uh, that's that's what gets me going Wow a man of many talents Renaissance man
0: so what is uh, what is PS organizations just to clarify?
1: Oh yeah thanks professional services organizations. Cool. cool. Yep. Awesome. Love it.
0: Just want to make sure. So mm-hmm. you're working for Aptitude 8. How long have you been working there for For them again?
1: Uh, it's just been a few months. So I joined, uh, I think, December last year. Uh, so really, I uh, really just started my journey here. Oh, right on. That's exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. Good That's, yeah, you sure.
1: know, always starting new stuff is is pretty fun. So
0: what do you, what do you like about Aptitude 8? What kind of bridge the gap for you to join the team what got you excited
1: oh man i mean AppToDate is widely regarded in my opinion and i think many others as probably the top partner in the hustle ecosystem i mean the first to market with so many things uh you know the fastest to elite the first to really truly uh you know get into rev ops i think you know the early adopters of ai many many reasons i mean uh you know connor will, will kick me for saying this but you know really truly a genius in in a visionary and uh i mean the the, the way that he's you know, growing this company, developing this company, and 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 ran it has been transformative in a lot of ways. I think many other partners have looked to a to kind of uh, you know lead the way, uh, and so you know had an opportunity to collaborate with him, uh, and you know certainly certainly jumped at the opportunity. You know, I've I've been following up to date, you know really really since I got started, and just been so impressed with the work they've done and uh, the approach that uh, you know to to come and join them as their COO is just just an honor and a privilege that. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't pass up, um, but uh, yeah, really stoked to be here. I mean, wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, and we, I think what makes it so special is we work hard, but we actually have a lot of fun doing it, right? I think something we're True. really good at interviewing for is, like people say that, but it actually feels real here, right? Um, you know, everyone on our team loves HubSpot and is passionate about it. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, and so we get to solve some really advanced use cases. Um, we're always pushing the limits, always trying new things. And we, we hire people who are problem solvers that like myself, that really enjoy doing it. Like that's something that, that gives me a lot of pride is solving something that is otherwise unsolvable or hasn't been done before. And I, I think that's kind of the secret sauce here at app today that, that, uh, yeah, makes them what they are today. I love that. That's amazing. And I love that you've been following them for so long and now you finally get to join them,
0: you know, you're, and you're on board and, and together with them, that must be A really cool just feeling satisfactory for for you I'm sure right
1: it is I I actually shared in our our company slack this week and I was like you know what you know a few months in the role here and anytime you join a new organization um, there's always that kind of honeymoon phase you know we're like oh this place is great I love it everyone's wonderful yeah but it kind of fades with time as you kind of get to know and understand kind of the behind the scenes that hasn't faded or even dwindled for me at all it's not a honeymoon it's just how it is here and that's the first time that I've I've ever experienced that in my career. I mean, I've worked for some great organizations and not to discount them in any way, but I mean, this leadership <laughs> team can accomplish anything. I mean, it, it is just so special that we truly seek each other's feedback and opinion on, 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 on decisions, you know, and we we want to make sure everyone's comfortable and, and aligned and then we move quickly. And so it's it's kind of a very a, a very special thing. To me, it feels, you know. I don't know, very much like I joked that's that's like a wolf pack, but like not not a bad way, but like a good way, you know. we we move together, yeah. we're together. And, you know, it's it's really part of our culture. You know, we're very adaptive. Um we we move quickly, we pivot quickly. Um, but we're really big on being aligned. And and I think uh I, you know, it was I think Yamini a couple of years ago said, uh, you know, uh alignment each strategy for breakfast. Uh it, it that <laughs> feels very real here at App Two Date. Um so that's that's, I think, been the coolest thing for me. But yet to be here and be part of this journey is uh, is just very special for me. That's cool. I, I love that. Thanks for thanks for sharing.
0: So, so Brian, I wanted to jump in real quick to
1: uh, a tool we talked about the other day,
0: actually, and you mentioned to me, and I actually went in and got a, a little bit more familiar with it, and I love it, dude. It's awesome. It's called HubLead with Bastian Paul, the the CEO of HubLead. I. I think it is the coolest tool ever, and you know, for as someone who is on LinkedIn, like pretty much every day, um, HubLead is an amazing tool. It is so intuitive. It helps you link all of your LinkedIn contacts with HubSpot like seamlessly and change stuff within LinkedIn. You don't even have to go into HubSpot. It's amazing. Um, but thank you for for recommending it. I wanted to get your thoughts on on what you think about HubLead and and where Bash and Paul is going with it.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of shared with Bastian. I met with him a couple weeks ago, and I love, and I think everyone loves things that are disruptive in tech, right? I think his product is quite disruptive. <clears throat> um, you know, there, there's nothing else that that I'm aware of that does quite what it does. The closest to it would would kind of be LinkedIn Sales Navigator feature, right? Which is which is great. Our sales team uses that, and so I, I felt there was some feature parity there, maybe some overlap. It perhaps there is a bit, but it's really quite supplement supplementary. Really, um, you know, we use both, and I think it, it there's a strong synergy between those all three of those tools. So, HubSpot is our CRM, of course, right? Um, you know, but but it's just the ability to quickly, you know, because we're on LinkedIn all the time as well. I'm on you know daily. Um, you know, a lot of our a lot of our team members are. It's a really important part of our messaging. Um, but the ability to quickly add a contact <clears throat> directly in your CRM, it's also got great capabilities for for scraping data. You know the, the data enrichment components in most cases you know it can grab someone's email if, if it's publicly known or aware without whatever so enriching the emails is just uh, it's just a game changer because look we're moving fast here everyone's moving fast it's it's pretty easy to forget to add a contact to the crm or maybe let it in there or uh you know, maybe they even joined or converted with the gmail or something which we don't love but um you know just part of our process is getting to just organizationally is getting to know, uh, our clients and our prospects deeply. And LinkedIn is a great way to do that. Right. So for us, it's very much well, a force multiple force multiplier. Um, and, uh, you know, just enriches the data. I think it's been a really nice, uh, data integrity tool for us. That's where we've seen the most value.
0: Yeah. I think one thing you mentioned there earlier too, is the, for, for me at least when I'm, you know, for example, asking people to be, um, on the podcast like this, where I'll, I'll send out a message, you know, Brian, that's how I found you on LinkedIn was I, I messaged mm-hmm. you and you, you gave me a few recommendations of people that, you know, would be a good fit for, for the podcast too. And sometimes I'll just forget to, to reach back out. Like I, and they'll, you know, everybody's busy, everyone's doing stuff. So they'll read a post like, Oh, I'll respond to it later. And then forget, like it happens to everyone. And so what I love about hub lead is it just helps me, come back to those people and never forget about, you know, oh, I sent this message and because it's now logged in HubSpot, I can go to HubSpot and say, all right, who do I need to go back to and follow up with in order to, to like, you know, just reconvene and, and get that message again. That has been like the absolute game changer for me of, okay, now I can go back and look and see, okay, these are the people that I messaged a week ago or a couple of days ago and I'll come back to them and now, and everything was put inside straight from LinkedIn. So I don't, I never had to go like, okay, I'm gonna log this person into HubSpot, create, you know, put them in this list or whatever, and then come back. Like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, it is nice. I think that the log into the conversations is definitely a nice perk. Um, it's been helpful, you know, we, we segment by that a little bit, um, you know, again, you know, maybe you're doing the same thing as well, but uh, being able to segment the audience there is, is kind of nice. Um, yeah, it's 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 a tremendous convenient feature, and I think what's cool about it is many many products you know go to market with a pretty basic utility, you know the fact that it already has as much capability as it does, and it's still fairly early and it's go to market. I think it's pretty exciting about what's to come. So I think uh, they've got a really cool idea, and uh, we're, we're very excited to see where they take it. Yeah, I definitely agree. So um, kind of staying
0: on the tools processes kind of frameworks route for you for you Brian, what what do you guys like to use? at aptitude eight, or maybe some previous companies that you've been with, um, hmm. regarding these processes, these frameworks, helping with RevOps in general, making things easier, more productive. What, what do you, uh, what things are, do you guys have that really make a difference?
1: Well, I think the obvious is of course, again, HubSpot, you know, not just shamelessly plug it, but it, it really is the core of our, Shame, of our company. shamelessly right? plug away,
0: Brian shamelessly <laughs> it, plug
1: away. Well, yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't. I mean, it is, it is the, it is a tremendously tremendous tool Uh, the utility has for for all organizations is great but particularly as an elite partner uh, we we built you know most of our business processes begin or reside and or around or integrated with HubSpot so it is kind of the nucleus in organization uh centered along centered along everything else um you know there's some some applications we use in addition to HubSpot we really like associate uh that's kind of been a lot of fun to use uh, a happily product of course uh clone attack uh, you know i use a lot you know to clone records it, one day hubspot will uh add that feature but until then clone attack's been really valuable you know so you spend all this time creating a ticket or a deal and you work it or whatever and you know a new one comes up the same thing you know just clone it i mean that that's uh super super easy to do those are two nice things that have helped us uh, i would say additionally um uh, you know, ChatGTP is, is important, and just other AI tools. You know, um, we, you know, some, some Bard and, and things like that. But we've spent a lot of time customizing, building custom, chat, custom GPTs. Not only with, with with OpenAI's tool, but in other uh, in other AI, AI applications, customizing GPTs really for your business, right? And training those language models to uh, to learn and understand the context of your organization. And so, it takes a tool that look, ChatGTP. If you do nothing. Is very beneficial and can save, you know. I think most people in almost any role, certain a certain amount of time in a week, right? But when you spend the invest the, the time and resources to, to build out a custom GPT, you know, train it, feed it content, and nurture it over time, it gets exponentially more valuable, right? So where you see, you know, some organizations, you know, you've seen the sales emails like, "Oh, it will be a delight in the arena of, you know, consulting. We were going to delve into." You know that's a bot that's not trained. I mean, certainly it's trained, right? But but when you when you can you know really feed it your tone and your in your your context and your brand messaging, then that messaging feels a lot more organic and real and is tremendously more effective. Uh, so we use AI in many facets of the organization, but we're not using anything out of the box. Everything we use is highly customized towards our company, our use cases, and the messaging we're trying to get out.
0: So. I want to dive in a little bit more to the the custom GPTs that you guys create for for your mm-hmm. companies you work with. What sort of I we mentioned you mentioned one right now just kind of creating sales emails, but are there other applications that you guys use for for those GPTs so that people can dive in and really know what's going on with their company?
1: Oh, many, sure. Um, you know, these aren't necessarily ones that that we're doing, but I am aware of them being done by other other companies and and, and clients who work with us uh we have clients using them to respond to rfps now we don't do a lot of rfp work as it were but uh you know building out a custom gpt with you know your rfp responses your you know your textbook legal language your textbook technology and security things um you know rfp responses is great there's some other cool utilities out there you can pay for it um you know obviously the given sales emails client emails really any time a process is automated and sending any kind of messaging you know i think there's always an option to you know to use ai there as well um for us i think to summarize or container how we use it at aptitude 8 it's extremely important to us that we're creating a premium experience you know it's from from unknown prospects someone who's just come to our website or maybe saw some orion guns content on linkedin and, and come in to learn more from that first juncture all the way to ideally their long time client it's about creating a premium experience the entire time and so ai helps us to do that by uh, eliminating bottlenecks, right? Anytime there could be a bottleneck in communication, there could be a delay. Uh, we, we try and avoid situations where customers may not know the status or may not be aware of what comes next. You can usually plug some automated communications there. You know, again, to just keep nurturing their really their relationship throughout the entire time that they're they're with us. Um, that's probably the, the, the biggest way we do it. And there's many touch points throughout our, our customer lifecycle that I think uh, indicate that. Um, but again, just creating a premium experience um, you know, sending information and, and making sure that our clients are, are always in the know about what's going on, what's next step. Um, you know, from regards to things like status reports, even uh, kind of throughout the, throughout the whole process, we we look for our opportunities to one automate, obviously using HubSpot. Then, of course, we look to things like the Operations Hub, right? You know, it's a core part of our business as well. We've got many custom coded actions built that kind of drive the Ferrari, if you will. Um, and then AI is kind of like the next level. You know, maybe that's the racing fuel that goes in the in the Ferrari. But um, <laughs> that's kind of how I would summarize it. You know, they're you know automating touch points, sending information at at, uh, at various stages in, in the in the buyer's journey and the customer journey. Um, certainly, I mean the, the given is like content creation. I mean, most of our content is organically created, right? We don't we don't have a lot of utility for AI in that. Certainly, it helps. I think where it where it helps me personally is like brainstorming, you know, as I'm thinking about, uh, you know, topics for speaking at conferences or, you know, trainings that we, we may put on or something like that. And I've got ideas and stuff I want to talk about, you know, we, we can use, uh, you know, kind of the custom, the custom GPT's to kind of scrum on that a little bit and, uh, and flesh out some more ideas that could be beneficial for idea refinement, I think is probably uh, certainly a way that we've had a lot of success with success with it. Um, and then I don't—I'm not super privy to all of them, and I don't understand how the wizards behind the curtain work. Uh, but there's a lot of of, of true technology plays we do with AI as well, right? Uh, that our development team is building that are, you know, much more advanced than the average user would, uh, you know, would typically take advantage of. Um, but we're 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 building and uh, and. For our clients and for ourselves, some pretty advanced, uh, I'd say AI integrations and kind of analytic, uh, analytic type, uh, type products as well.
0: Now, are those kind of future projects you guys are working on right now,
1: or are they what you're implementing today? Um, you know, past, present, future. Uh, I think AppTune8 was, cool. you know, a very early adopter of AI. I think going back to feels like yesterday, but it was really January, February of last year where it kind of became public, this emergence, and they wasted no time you know hopping right in and, and we're building custom gpt's before you could even do it natively in the app right um so i think you know that that's been an important part of our go-to-market strategy we uh, you know we work closely with hubspot uh, as much as we can to align with them and their ai offerings certainly ChatSpot. you know and some of the some of the more advanced features as they continue to build ai into hubspot we want to be right there uh, right there on the cutting edge um but but yes our clients are asking for these ai comes up and I'd say you know most projects uh, to some extent. We're not always building an AI, but as a topic of conversation, it's become a lot more commonplace. Right? Uh, we're talking about it today, for example. Right? Um, mm-hmm. People are people are curious about it, and they want to know how it can benefit their, their organization. Yeah, I, I think there's a
0: there's a massive curiosity, and there's there's so many ways that people can go with it. We've definitely, as a humanity, we've we've gotten to a point where there's a couple things that for sure what we can do with ai i think you mentioned a few of them like the brainstorming and, and creating some some good touchpoint automations and stuff like that and, and building this knowledge base for distributing information those things are are really really crucial to our, our understanding about where ai fits right now there are infinite possibilities of where it's going to go in the future and how it's going to be involved with with rev in general I think there's a, there's a lot more, there's a lot more to see in the next four or five years that we, I'm sure within 10 years, there's AI is going to be doing stuff that we never predicted before in, in, ever. And so we we saw that with the internet, nobody's thought we would be where we're at with, with the internet right now. And so it's just, it's hard to really explain what we can do with it until people start finding use cases and like, Whoa, this is actually. This is really cool. This is, I think, we can build a, an interesting, an interesting use case here, and, and make it into a, a normalized product for everyone. I mean, just like the iPhone, that was just now everybody has one, and it's so normal and natural. And and I think AI is going to get to a point like that's definitely not there yet, not even close. But I think we are getting next five to ten years. It'll be normal and natural, like we wouldn't even know. Like just pulling out your iPhone, looking at your messages and using ai so what um i kind of wanted to dive in a little bit more on the revops end for you Brian cuz i know you're the coo and and you've been working with them for just a few months but you've been following them for a long time so what what like revops what does revops mean to you first of all and also what wh- how do you see yourself playing out RevOps in the future, what, what it's going to be in a couple of years or maybe in a year from now, or maybe in a couple months. Like, I wanted to get your thoughts on that and, and where you think it's going.
1: Yeah. Uh, great question, Tanner. So there's, you know, there's a lot of definitions for, for RevOps and you know, if you Google it, I'm sure you'll get probably different responses depending on your regionality. Um, how I like to think about it, it's more of a, a operational definition than it is functional, I guess, but, um, is I view it very much as a convergence, the, the final, you know, uh, inevitable, perhaps convergence of, of really marketing and sales, right? Because when we talk about revenue operations, we're really finally having this conversation about full life cycle management, right? From you know the work that marketing is doing on the front end, you know the the, the demand gen, you know the go to market strategy, all these things, you know, truly through the process of MQL to SQL, getting deeper, much deeper into the sales data, right? Actually making sales data valuable which historically has been, you know, what are your numbers, you know, how much revenue you're driving, what's your close rate, you know, et cetera, capacity. Now we're, we're really marrying those two data points. Right. And that's, that's continuing on again, the customer journey into, into operations. Right. You know, how are we serving our customers? Uh, it, it's a, it's quite a bit like HubSpot's flywheel model. Right. You know, uh, we, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's kind of followed, uh, you know, Perhaps in some ways that was an early early model indicating uh, revenue operations. It feels a lot like that to me. Um, so again, to be succinct, I view it really as the convergence between truly you know marketing and sales and and this just just deleting this barrier that they're really separate entities and they're they're siloed and they're you know it's 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 a versus it's not a versus anymore. It's very much a, a you know a, a melding of data. I think and 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 it's using that data for good, right? It's now using a combined macro data set to make, you know, enterprise decisions, right? Which historically decisions have been made on a per team basis, maybe there's some aggregate agreement among stakeholders, but now we're we're operating under this concept to me revops gives us a single data set, right? Now executives we've got, you know, all the data from you know, you know, all the different points points of uh, entry and we're able to truly make informed decisions, you know, based upon a complete data set. That to me is how I define and think about revops. I think in uh, in my current role, uh, you know, kind of sit, you know, adjacent to that a bit, um, you know, uh, certainly overseeing uh, the operations component of our business uh, as well as delivery uh, and uh, in, in sales to some extent. For me, I I, I make a joke sometimes that, uh, you know, uh, data is greater than feelings, right? Uh, because it's easy to you know uh, feel up you know feel feel stressed or feel be impacted by the day-to-day work and it takes it's quite challenging to take a step back and truly look at the data. like what does the data tell us um and i think and at least in my role that's what i try to do on a daily basis is make data-driven decisions and collect as much data as i can from as many places across all the branches of the organization kind of referring again to that, that master data set and making business decisions based upon that right and now I feel more comfortable making decisions to help us grow and scale and get to the next growth juncture um, instead of decisions that are getting us next week or next month or next quarter. You know, we're, we're, we're making decisions now. They're going to impact us in 2025, 2026 uh, and beyond. So that's kind of uh, how I think about it, my role and define it. Um, from, from a client perspective, you know, I think that your second question there, uh, Tanner, was related to, you know, what tools or, you know, kind of or how, what are some other applications of revops in the eye and you know there's there's obviously the given ones I named a few of them right you know there's you know you've got your data management your integration um, and those kind of things but again as a HubSpot partner we try and run a HubSpot centric organization so we try to dig a little bit deeper and push the boundaries a bit more into uh, marketing and sales specific use cases right like like lead scoring, right? You know, you know, let's use an AI-influenced lead scoring model, right? Instead of, you know, you get two points for an email open or three points for this. <laughs> not, you know, not discounting lead scoring models. They're highly effective when they're done right. But, you know, give that to the robot 10 out of 10 times. And I suspect they'd be more more effective once you train the bot, of course, right? Uh, segmentation. We talked a little bit earlier about how even, even a tool like HubLead can impact our, um, you know, our segmentation. You know, how about we segment by AI, right? That's coming. I think that's coming very soon. We're already working on projects like that. Um, chatbots, we're seeing chatbots get smarter and smarter and smarter. Uh, had an interaction with a uh, with a customer service agent at a large company, uh, you know, just this last week. And I chatted with what I thought was a human in the morning, <laughs> shipment never arrived. Happened uh, oh. to be on a phone call later that day about the same problem. And I was talking with a real person, I think. Sounded like a human, probably human, and I mentioned that I was chatting with a rep earlier in the morning. And they were like, "No, you weren't. That's our bot." And I was like, "No, no, it was definitely a human." And they were like, "No, it's not." And I was like, "Oh, so the fact that even chat has gotten that organic, I I, I view myself as I'm pretty I'm pretty scrutinous guy generally. I think I would have caught that, but turns out no. So it's it's getting that good, kind of as you said, Tanner. Like it is really there. And then I think just another use case to 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 plug in here is is. You know, AI, think about, you've heard me talk a lot of today about kind of this customized, you know, buyer's journey and customer journey, right? I think AI is an important part of that, right? You know, we want to create a personalized experience. Uh, we want to use, you know, the big data that these corporations have had on us for all these years. You know, we, we have access to some of that now. I, I'd like to think a, a little bit using that to influence things like marketing campaigns, sales strategy, go-to-market strategy. And I think that's, that's probably... Uh, um, a super important one, and, and of course, my favorite is just process automation and efficiency. I mean, that's really a given, a no brainer. But you know, I mean, some that's some of the work that you do as well, Tanner, right? You know, in, in your in your product offerings, is you know this concept of you know automation, automating touch points, and automation, automating data in house on other CRMs. I think that's you know a pretty clear use case that you know I don't think we can remind ourselves enough about it.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I really like what you said about kind of the the big corporations that have had access to this AI for for a long time. AI has been around since since the 1980s, right? And all of these it's it's really what it is if we dive really deep down into it, it's sets of of math equations that give specific outcomes. And so you you give inputs and it adjusts itself as the outcomes start to be trained and and mm-hmm. planned and given. And now we're just on such a sophisticated basis that we can do it with with Regular text-based organic conversation and and create outcomes with that, which is nuts, right? But the, but the what, what you mentioned is the cor- corporations. I think now the AI, the capabilities, the availability that we have now as small quote unquote businesses, anything less than a thousand, is now has this super powerful capability to analyze their data and to look at what's going on and make these business decisions rather than just these 10,000 plus employee companies that have had this access to this for a long time. So I think that's really cool the way that it's allowing all of us kind of giving power back to the people, so to speak, of giving them it feels that that availability way. Of, of, yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. It really does feel that way. And and it's no longer Big Brother making these data-driven decisions. It's, it's all of us, which is cool. I think mm-hmm. it's really cool. So, um, Brian... Before we end, thanks for hopping on, of course, always. Um, before we end, what are some final thoughts, anything you want to shoot off to the to the listeners, last pieces of advice? What do you got?
1: Yeah, I would just say, you know, um, look, I mean, to wrap up kind of the AI component, it's here. It's not going anywhere. It's not scary anymore. Um, but if you are scared about it, you know, um, don't be. I, I think it's going to become a normal part of our lives we're seeing more and more things that happen in the Jetsons actually becoming true. Right. <laughs> you know, I can talk to my TV now. It's kind of fun. Um, but I, I think my <laughs> advice to just any listener would be just, just embrace it uh, both as an individual. Right. I mean, I used it recently to plan a Disney trip. Sounds crazy, but it was very helpful. <laughs> you know, um, so yeah. embrace it personally uh, where you can. And I think for, for my business owners and, and other, other agency partners, you know, out there, like, you know, find ways to build it into your business process, embrace it, adopt it, incorporate it. It's, it's, you know, once you've kind of mastered it and found it how to make it work for you, it's only going to save time. Right. And I think in business time is always money. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't see the harm. I don't see the concern. Um, I, I don't think entire industries are going to disappear overnight, but I think industries will need to evolve and find out how to incorporate it to, to move faster because at least for us, it helps us move a lot quicker. It helps us be a bit more efficient. It it, uh, it minimizes human error and mistakes, you know. Um, you know, we can do AI-based code reviews when we're building custom things that our QA process is reduced, right? So just finding ways to build it into your business, build it into your processes, I think, is is the easiest way, I think, to kind of tiptoe in the waters if you're not already doing that. Um, and, and just a Rev- RevOps perspective, again, just to kind of share my, my viewpoint on it is that I believe it really is a convergence of data. And I think AI is really going to just propel that into the stratosphere, right? Because I feel like we've just really reached the point in conversation. RevOps is normally and acceptable and desirable, right? We're, we're here. And it's like, we've reached that mountain. Like, yes, you know, this is a great place to be. And now we've got AI. And I feel like AI and RevOps is like, you know, putting gasoline on a fire in some ways in a good way. Right. But I, I it's hard to comprehend where where the where these things are going are going to go from here that's really hard, I think to comprehend, considering you know twenty years ago a o l sold textbooks right um you know <laughs> it, it, and and that was not that long ago, so but I think we're gonna see you know a much 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 faster adoption and embrace embracing of both of these technologies, so it's exciting, a little bit scary, but I would just say you know be on the winning side of that when when it does happen, yeah, I love it, thanks so much,
0: Brian, where can people go find you, connect with you? uh, You've got lots of great stuff to say, so if they have any questions, feel free.
1: Uh, Thanks for that. Thanks, Tanner. Uh, Yeah, available on LinkedIn. That's my most active social media platform. Brian with a Y, Byler with a Y. Uh, Happy to connect with anyone. I'll take a virtual coffee date with just about anybody. I love meeting new people uh, and of course, you know, uh, if you're interested, you know, in any house consulting services, integrations, migrations, uh, any kind of technical work, uh, you know, app to date going to be, going to be where you to head for that.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Thanks a bunch, Brian, for being on the show. Thanks all, all the listeners for, for tuning in. Thanks all. Bye-bye. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the show. It means the world to me and these solutions partners I'm working with. If you want to learn more about them, all the details is in the podcast description. Go check it out.